The following is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This is the perfect parenting podcast, and I'm here with Senator Urquhart, who's going to be talking about how to teach kids God politics. Do I need to call you Senator the whole time or just here at the start? Only if you respect uh, the office and respect America. <laughs> Let's get going. Stand be- I'm not done. Stand beside her. So I come from a, politics is kind of the sport in our family. I was a political science major and I interned at the Capitol when I was uh, in college. And that's actually the semester Steve and I met. He was in law school and I took him to the Capitol for the first time. And it was something we both had a love of. We're both process people when it comes to politics. We're less partisan and we like process. Um, And so that's something we connected on and it's something we really, really tried to teach the kids. And so, you know, Steve had a number of years in politics, in the legislature. He had eight years in the House and then he had eight years in the Senate before he retired. And so politics really was the family sport and we did it a lot. We did it with gusto. We did it with a lot of passion and it's something that was and is still important to us. So how did, you know, we, I want to talk about how we taught our kids something that was so important to us. Okay. I'll lead out on this. Okay. Um, I think the one message, the main message I would give parents is um, if you want your kids to approach politics in a healthy way, and in a productive way, meaning that they can uh, participate and participate well and they can be effective and move the needle as they grow older, you need to get your act together. And, uh, you know, this is maybe more bluntly than I talk about things, but, you know, I think this is something that I do understand is politics. And I've seen countless, countless people approach politics, some well, some poorly and many in between. And uh, if if people don't approach politics in a measured, balanced, uh, sane way, then it's there's going to be no way they can instill that in their kids. So if you want to work on uh, 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 teaching your kids about politics in a healthy way, then work on your own approach and work on the way uh, you talk about it at home. If, if you're, you're your side is always the angels and the other side is always the devils, then it's going to be an impossibility that uh, you talk with your kids and teach them about politics in a healthy way. Great. So I'm going to give some very practical things people can do to do exactly that. Okay. First of all, one of the things we did is I would bring things up at, you know, the kitchen table or when we're driving in the car, I'd bring things up that were in the news, maybe things they'd heard about. And of course, this is all age appropriate stuff, um, you know, giving them more details as the older they get and the more interest they have. And especially if it's something that is of interest to them, if it's something they care about, um, because everything we do is connected in some way to politics. So there was usually a way I can make a connection for that child. And because it's something our family was doing, um, you know, I wanted them to participate. So I would bring up things that were in the news. Then what I would say when we were talking about it, and I was trying to explain it, if it was something that Steve and I disagreed on, you and I disagreed on, I would say, this is what 
dad thinks and I would be very level about it and why he thinks this way and this is what I think I think a little bit differently on than dad on this and if you and I were on the same page then I would say dad and I think this way but I always would come up with somebody else that they loved uncle Josh thinks this way or uncle Tom thinks this way or you know, someone down the street who you love thinks this way. And I would be trying to be very reasonable about it, not making that person out to be the devil at all. I was trying to say, two people you love disagree on this, and we still love each other. And so I always tried to say, and then I would follow up with, what do you think? Where are you on this? To see if they had an initial reaction. And whatever their answer was, it certainly wasn't wrong because they were trying to process this and have this conversation in their own brains. And so I gave them space to do that. Then I would always try to acknowledge when something was partisan and the thinking behind it. Well, Republicans generally think this way, um, and Democrats generally think this way on this topic. Now, in this instance, it's a little different, and this is why. You know, so I really tried to get into some of those details. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, and so I want to give a specific of, of how we would do this. Take, for example, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. I mean, this really is kind of, it, it was Armageddon for both parties. It meant so much to uh, the Democrats to get this done, and it meant so much to the Republicans that it not happened. To prevent it. To prevent it. So the thing is, if if you don't appreciate that the other side has some valid arguments to make, then you know you're far too partisan. You you Agreed. you have partisan blinders on. You know, so I'm Republican. I I was against Obamacare initially. I've changed on this, but you know, I was. I thought that socialized medicine was just bad because it destroys innovation. Blah blah blah. All the reasons. But I and you really thought that? Yeah. No, I did. I did. I think that you know, there's a lot of innovation in the private sector and um, you know a lot of things we do in healthcare we do far better than the rest of the world now I teach health policy up at the medical school so if you don't understand that there are parts of our healthcare that we do worse than any other developed country in the world um, then you're not understanding the argument I mean the Democrats they carried for Obamacare some very solid important arguments and the solution you know I think eventually Eventually, we'll be somewhere in the middle. But, you know, so even you take the most partisan issue that we have faced in the last, you know, 20, 30 years on that one. If you don't get that the other side has some validity behind what they're arguing, then you, 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 you know, you're, you're approaching this with partisan blinders. Is that too luxury? But no, I, I think that's exactly. I mean, that's been our philosophy. And, and that is what we've done. And I'll acknowledge we have... Our four kids are now four adults. We are across the board ideologically, and we have a lot of interesting and civil political conversations among all of us. And, you know, it's we're okay on this front as a family. We really can have these conversations because we've tried to acknowledge partisanship. I was going to say remove it, but you can't remove it. So you have to acknowledge it and not think the other side's the devil. Can I give you an example of, of why I think this is so wonderful to do? Sure. So, you know, our kids are, um, you know, now they're in their early, mid-20s. And uh, so they have some very solid uh, political ideas and philosophies. And there are a couple that I have that 
you know, they're they're absolutely crazy. They think you're backwards. Yeah, they think I'm so backwards on this, but they give me space to be backwards. And they're like, Dad, let's revisit this. How on earth can you think this? They're bringing me articles. and But it's not the only conversation. It's one right, of a right. hundred conversations you're having with yeah, them. Yeah, we're having great conversations where we agree on so much. But I love that because we have taught them to be respectful of differences in the political arena, I now am the recipient of that respect. And it it makes for fun conversations. And, you know, they're in a healthy way. They're worried about their insane father that, Dad, let's revisit this. You've right. got to see the light on it. Right. So that gets me to my next thing, which one of the things I would do with the kids, and you did this too, is to ask problem-solving questions. Um, state a problem like homelessness or, you know, and especially if you can make it very relevant. You're driving through downtown Salt Lake City and as you get in a car after you've been approached by someone asking for money and you can say, how would you solve this problem? Don't say it's partisan anything. Don't give them it. Just say, what do you think of that? How would you solve this problem? And let them start to think about it and let them start to answer and then validate it. Oh, I love that you're so kind because maybe a child's going to say, I think we should give all of the money. <laughs> okay. I love that you're so kind. I love that that's how you want to solve that problem. And, you know, have a long conversation. And then as you, and maybe it's in a follow-up conversation, or maybe you've had a long enough conversation, you can say, well, okay, that's what actually a lot of Republicans think that way, or that's how Democrats want to handle this problem, or Libertarians think this. And so you're bringing them into something very relevant, something, you know, and, and you're, letting them come up with solutions. And I think that's such an important thing is you and I didn't want to raise a particular kind of person. We wanted to raise problem solvers and people who could contribute to the solutions in our society. And I don't know how that's going to change over decades. So I don't want to tie them to a party. So we were at a political convention. And so political convention, you're dealing with people are who are pretty rabid on whatever side it is. So our daughters, uh, you know, that I was completely pimping out so I could be elected. They were one. This was, was wearing, the first time you were elected. One was wearing, you know, a blue dress with a white star, the red dress with a white star. Vote for me. Look at my cute prop children. So someone came up. I bought those dresses. They were cute. <laughs> no, we were good. We were <laughs> we were good at politics. And so uh, oh, ribbons, so I'm, ribbons so, in their hair. So I'm going I'm awesome. to sidetrack on this story a little. So our kids, you know, cute little political props, their job was if you if you don't see someone wearing a Steve Urquhart sticker, offer them a sticker. And so uh, after that um, convention, which we crushed the opposition, um, Governor Levitt, he walked up to me and he said, he said, you know, you are going to be a great legislator. Um, and so I'm thinking, oh, man, he can he can see my talent. He says, because you have surrounded yourself with good people. And so he handed me seven vote for Steve Urquhart stickers. Because he wouldn't put one on and the girls, all they knew is yeah. he wasn't wearing one. So they kept. They didn't recognize people. So, Here, you want to wear my dad's sticker and him being a politician. <laughs> Thank you. Stuck it in his pocket. Anyway, <laughs> so someone came up and, you know, they said they said to you. I mean, oh, this I wanted was, to tell this story. This was a delegate. This was a voter. And so um, they're like, oh, you're raising, I can see you're raising such great Republicans. And so I'm like, that's a vote. And you said. Oh, I had this visceral reaction. And I said, no, 
I am raising good Americans. And that... And so I circled back and in her ear, I said, which means Republicans, you know that. (laughs) But it mattered to me that they were good Americans. I did not want to tie them to a party. And that uh, recent, the last presidential election... Did it have to happen there? I mean, why why limit it there? Why good Americans? Why not good global citizens? Well, that's... I could have said that too. Intergalactic citizens. Because I wasn't open-minded enough at that point. Maybe I could say that now. But I mean, it really mattered to me that they were going to be contributors to the society. And the one thing that mattered to me at that point was that woman's vote. Okay. Well, you got, you, you got enough. So back off. So Some... I, I have a story. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, whatever you do, whatever you spend your time doing that, you know, takes you away from the children, it's, it's nice to share that with them. So they get a sense for what you're doing and, you know, hopefully as a parent, you're interested in what you're doing and, and love to share the knowledge on that. So, you know, when we say that politics was the family sport, I mean, that is not an understatement. That took so much of our time. And so we would talk about politics a lot with our kids. And so even on my bills, I'm like, here's why I want this to pass, you know, and and hopefully I didn't do that in a way that, and if it doesn't pass, the earth will tilt on its axis and careen into the sun and we will all die. I mean, you know, hopefully I was kind of measuring my presentation, but I did, you know, tell them, and here is what the opposition is saying. Right. Here's what they're saying about it. And, you know, these points, they're valid. And, uh, you know, here's why I think this matters. You know, these other ones, I honestly, I don't see the logic. I don't think they're valid. I think that, you know, I, I have dealt with that or here's why, you know, it's not like like they're saying, but I tried as best I could. And that's trying very hard to give a balanced approach because that is politics. Politics, it's a bunch of uh, options, you know, it's almost infinite options to address any, any issue. And so, you know, I never, part of it is the, the opposition to most of my bills. I mean, I felt sorry for them because they were wrong, but you know, I, uh, No, I mean, I appreciated what they brought to the table. And usually I thought they were coming in good faith. They were representing their constituency that felt the way they did. And, you know, I, I hope that people I engaged with in the arena will, will say this, that, you know, I tried to find the middle ground, tried to find solutions in a way where my constituency and my conscience were represented. But, you know, what do you bring to the table? And so, you know, I think the kids got some of that. But that even, I remember one particular conversation I was going to the dump and as, as you remember the kids loved going to the dump to the in the car with you the sanitary landfill and uh, so I was going to the dump with uh, with Zella in that big beast of a truck that we had and uh, so I just brought up oh, I'm dealing with this tax issue and so she's like well what's that how old is she oh man she's so young I mean pe- I'm thinking 10 yeah people can could consider this child abuse and so she is really young and I didn't want to say oh it's it's above your head so I said well it deals with taxes and um, you know let me let's talk about taxes here's what they are so I laid out you know the the pillars of the Utah tax that it's we you tax people's homes and property you tax their income um, and then when they buy things that's sales tax and you do that and so you know so I made it like very simple uh, maybe two minutes or so but then she came back with questions and I just kept giving her a little a little little she kept a little more a little more yeah I'm a curious kid as you know and so she kept asking questions so man by the time we got back from the dump I mean she probably knew more about 
about taxes than a pretty significant uh, portion of the the population. Yeah. So and and we did that, and you know that's we we not only shared it with them, but we certainly modeled it. You were at the Capitol and we made sure they got to the Capitol every every year. Every, all of them got to come and spend some time, a day or a few hours with Dad at the Capitol. Um, and they, so they grew up there in many ways. And I was doing a ton of volunteer work and I made sure that they participated. So a couple of things, I did make a few notes. If you live in Utah, and I'm sure this is true in other states, but if you live in Utah, take your kids to the Capitol. If it's during the session, which is January, February into March, end of January into first part of March, it's pretty magical up there. There's a lot of activity, a lot of bustling. It's pretty great. If you feel new to politics, show up in the off season, which is all the rest of the time. Take a tour of it. It's such a beautiful building. It's the people's house. And, you know, own that. That's the, You get to do that. You're paying your taxes and have your kids. You'll, you'll be surprised there might be a child who is excited by that. And and so do that. The, the other thing I was super good about doing is um, I would take, we always voted. We vote in primary elections. We vote um, in general elections. We vote in off-year elections. We're just, we're pretty conscious to vote as often as we can. And I would take the kids and let them be in the voting booth with me. Um, now you you know we're doing so much vote by mail in utah it's yeah. i've loved actually being yeah. we all open our ballots and we kind of sit down together and talk through things people are looking stuff up on the the internet but they and we're having some of these conversations things i never had growing up and i even would have as a young mother would have liked to have some of these conversations with you which now we get to have yeah. so it's a super great way to bring them into the process and have them watching you yeah so I remember uh, this was really a, a cool thing when uh, Bush and Gore, um, the the night of the election, when there was uncertainty in that, and we knew that that uncertainty would persist. Uh, do you remember this? We we woke up uh, our two oldest, and uh, we just said, "Hey, we we want you to sit here with us uh, while this is going on. Um, this is exciting. It's historic. It's exciting. Um, we we just want you to experience this with us, and so they could feel our excitement. And they were extremely young at that point, but you know they did have some questions of why did it matter, and so that's that they were super early. That probably was one of the earliest things we did with them. But we kind of always did that when we were excited about something politically. We're like, oh my gosh, here's um, what's be a part of it. Here's what's going on, yeah. and so of course now they're always like they have a million questions and they have pretty good insights because we didn't force an opinion on them. We just introduced them to the process and gave them the philosophy that people come to this, uh, you know, because they believe what they're doing and, and people's approaches tend to be pretty sincere. They believe in what they're doing. And yeah, I, and and so the, a couple other things that I did or we did, and, and I got this, I inherited directly from my mother every time there a new president is inaugurated. And we're, we're going through the process that day of one president leaving and a new president stepping in. I get emotional. I talk to my kids about it because I thought the concept of this peaceful transition is so important to me and so American and so 
it just, it makes me emotional every time. And so every time I'm feeling that emotion, I share that with my kids. And I don't care who is being elected and who is leaving. I love that we don't have tanks, you know, having to fight each other. We don't have guns. We're just, people are leaving kind notes and sometimes cheeky notes, but it's, I, it's an important thing yeah. to me. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in an age where uh, people are awfully wound up about politics. And, uh, uh, you know, I think that that probably is reflected in conversations that are had with children. And, you know, I think we really went out of our way to talk about process and respectful of the process, which it is a great process. We're so fortunate to have it in this country. And where I think we really tempered our language, where if we think a politician is just a complete ass a complete buffoon we we in private of course we're not gonna you know pull any punches we're going to be saying that but around the kids i think we uh you know tried to temper what we said oh you know here's here's what's happening and i really disagree with this person now that they're older they're part of the now they're adults they're they're get they get to see the more uh authentic conversation but yeah we were it mattered to me that they learned to love this to learn to love politics instead of just hate it or fear it or run from it let me ask you uh i i think what probably will will be kind of a tough question so we're laying out something from a bit of a different political era and it might come off as kind of pollyannish uh right now um you know we have a president president trump who he's unlike anything we have seen. I mean, you and I have talked about a lot respecting the office of the presidency, whoever has it. And in a lot of ways, it looks like he doesn't respect that office. And the way he talks about others, um, it's it's shocking and it's horrific. And so uh, any advice, because, you know, it's it's tough to be neutral in some of that stuff. Even if you love his policies, um, anyways, I think I, I set this up. Any advice to parenting in the in the age of Trump? Well, I think all of the, I, I hope what we talked about is all of those things. If you can't talk about Trump because it's too volatile, talk about other things in the news. Talk about people on both sides that you can, uh, or, or, and don't talk about the politicians. Talk about people that that these kids know i think this way uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so thinks that way and you know make it a make it a more personal thing because i'm hoping that this is a pendulum swing and that we're going to be able to come back but the more we talk about parties you know and i do have a friend who he was saying oh if my children grow up to be republicans i just i'm i I won't have anything to do with them. And I was like, no, (laughs) stop. I get that you're liberal and I get that you want that to instill that in your children. But that's, that's too, you don't know what that's going to mean a decade from now or two decades from now. It just, we've seen too much change. So you can't tie them to that. You have to tie them to love and ideas. And one of the things I am going to say, make sure you're volunteering. And that's a big thing that matters to me. And take your kids, volunteer with nonprofits at schools. And when I volunteered at schools, I would volunteer my kids' classes. I Now, I was a stay-at-home mom, so I had the time to do it. But I would also volunteer where the school needed me, often not 
taught in my kids' classes. Um, I, volu- I volunteered with underserved communities in my city. I sit on the planning commission. I mean, that's just a volunteer job that's kind of, you know, there's nothing special about it, meaning there are no accolades, no, it's thankless, but it's somebody's got to do it. And so my kids have seen me, this is what I'm doing now, but my kids have seen me doing this volunteer work my whole life. They've been a part of it. And heavens, run for office. All of these things are real for your kids. If you want them to be good citizens, these are things you need to be doing. You don't leave it for someone else. And it's, you know, those are the real ways to make a difference. Well, we used to understand that um, politically people were where they were for very different reasons. You know, they might have one or two things that really burn bright in their soul. And so they can disregard some of the craziness of their party because of those few things. And so I would just say to parents, you know, if you have young children, you're thinking, oh, I, I know this kid's going to be Democrat. I know this kid's going to be Republican. So I, I don't need to hold back. Um, yeah, You probably don't know that. I mean, so the only Republican child we have is our queer child, which, right. you know, you look at her, I mean, in the Bay Area. And so, you know, you you look at her and her lifestyle and you know it you wouldn't peg her as a republican but she has a couple things that burn bright in her soul and that is why she gravitates so you know i'd suggest raise people who understand the process understand how it works and that there's value in a lot of different perspectives and solutions are found by coming together and bringing a bunch of stakeholders to to reason together politics is important we need to teach our kids to engage but we need to do have them do it in a healthy way so we can get past this crazy time we're in now. God bless America. <laughs> the Perfect Parenting Podcast is a production of Vanguard Media. Steve Urquhart and Sarah Urquhart are the hosts, writers, and creators of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the executive producer. Hammond Chamberlain is the associate producer and sound engineer. And Shayla Don is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Perfect Parenting Podcast. I'm Chris Van Garrett. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.